Are you a Harry Potter fan looking for a new way to appreciate the series? Do you love delving into the characters, plot, and themes of your favorite stories? Then Muddle Snuggle, brought to you by Hustle Studios, is the podcast for you. Each week, we explore a different aspect of the Harry Potter series in a deep and meaningful way. But here's the catch, we do it in the most boring way possible. That's right, Muddle Snuggle is the ultimate Harry Potter snooze fest. So grab your wand, find a comfy spot, and get ready to snuggle up with us as we dive into the magical world of Hogwarts. Whether you're a diehard Harry Potter fan or just looking for a new way to enjoy the series, Muddle Snuggle has something for everyone. So join us and get ready to snuggle up with your favorite muggles as we explore the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Don't miss an episode to subscribe to Muggle Snuggle, brought to you by Hustle Studios, today. Hello, and thank you for joining us here at Bedtime Stories for Adults, a podcast with the intention of calming your mind and spirit as you prepare to enter a state of deep and rejuvenating slumber. Allow your heart to soften and expand as you take in the details of this tale. Your body, in order to put your thoughts at ease, so that you can travel with Thomas, the Wanderer, in this story. Just take a few slow, long breaths before we start, and make sure you're comfortable before we do. It is important that you allow your body to become completely still, with the exception of the gentle waves caused by your breath, which cause the abdomen to rise and fall. And let us commence. When he suddenly comes to, Thomas is taken aback and surprised. After falling backwards and resting his head on the wall behind him, he had come dangerously close to nodding off. Thomas casts a glance in every direction and realizes that he is not the only person in the immediate vicinity. Although everyone else in the building appears to be sound asleep, the employees who start their shifts early are able to sneak in a few more winks before heading to their destinations. At that precise time, he concludes that it must have been one of those hypnotic movements. Perhaps I hadn't even fallen unconscious at all. The journey that Thomas makes to and from work each day is an especially lengthy one. He has his own apartment in London, which is situated at the most southern point of the Northern Line. In spite of the fact that he has a long commute to work each day, he never lets an opportunity pass without reminding himself how fortunate he is to locate an available spot. He always boards the train at an extremely early position. Perhaps he believes the travel time spent sitting is justified by the distance. Thomas is preoccupied with the destination that he will soon be reaching at such an early hour in the day. He is a program manager for a London-based software development business that is relatively small but highly regarded in the industry. Since he began working there shortly after completing his education, he has racked up close to eight years of experience there. Thomas has a positive working relationship with his supervisor and appreciates the company of his co-workers, but he still gets a knot in his stomach whenever he contemplates going into the office, despite the fact that he likes the people he works with. He witnesses this reaction come and then watches it leave, but he never loses sight of the fact that there is something off about the situation. 
When he got to work that morning, he greeted the other employees who had arrived at the same time as him, which was 7 in the morning. It is important to him to get the day started as quickly as feasible. In order for him to be able to wrap up his work early and take advantage of the late daylight as it sets over the verdant parks of London. When the afternoon comes around and the others have not yet returned from lunch, he typically takes a break from the software to do some research on places he might like to visit in the future, such as Japan or Australia. His fingers get to work typing away to clients and working on projects. Peru, Greece. However, he is able to maintain his concentration on this particular morning. He is currently keeping himself occupied by working on a new project for an Athens-based startup business. While he was in the middle of typing, his supervisor subtly interrupted him with a proposition. She addresses Thomas and says, I've been thinking. I think it would be wonderful if we were able to develop a personal relationship with the Athens squad. I'd like to introduce you to some of our customers so that they can place a face with our name. Please come with me. For the first time in a very long time, Thomas Beams feels a flicker in his heart as he smiles broadly from ear to ear and considers the possibility that this could develop into a long-lasting and meaningful relationship. His supervisor, Louisa. Please take this as a confirmation that I would adore to. He will be in the city for a total of five days during which time he will have ample opportunities for both business and leisurely pursuits. The mother of Thomas is of Greek descent and spent her childhood in the suburbs of the capital city of Athens. She left the country when she was quite young and has only visited a handful of times since she settled in England. Thomas has never been to the land where his forefathers once lived, but he has always had a powerful desire to go back there. He feels it in his bones. He believes that life has become far too hectic, but he is aware that this is not a valid justification. When Thomas got back to his house later that evening, he immediately started preparing. It is not expected that he will depart until the weekend at the earliest. That individual has a hard time containing his enthusiasm. He immediately gives his mother and father a call to inform them that they are overjoyed. He spends the night dozing off in bed while gazing out the window at the constellations and the night sky. The metropolis and the lands below it are illuminated by the nearly full moon, which is shining down upon them. There are flashing lights from passing planes that seem to drift effortlessly throughout the universe. Soon, in his estimation, I will be located within one of these containers. Since he was an adolescent, he has not been on a plane, and he is getting close to turning 30 now. The man's thoughts slowly started to fill with memories. He recalls fondly the close relationship he shared with his grandparents during his formative years. On his father's side of the family, his grandfather was a laborer. Thomas has fond memories of going on foraging trips with him through the fields and, on occasion, into the woodland in search of wild berries and herbs. When they would go off into the forests together, he would always get the feeling that he was in a storybook. It had a mysterious air about it in some ways. It could have been the way the breeze made the leaves sound as they rustled. Or the noises of the birds chirping and flitting about. It could have been the sound of the branches crunching underfoot. He cherished everything about the forest, especially the scent of evergreens and the way light filtered in through the dense canopy above. It's possible that he believes it was a combination of all of these factors. He has a clear recollection of his mother's mother, including the manner in which she chuckled and the way she cooked. 
She was incredibly loving and kind, and she frequently asked Thomas and Katrina's brother Thomas for assistance in the cooking. Following the rinsing and drying of the leafy greens and seasonings, the two of them would assist their grandmother in the preparation of the pasta sauce. They would stir, stir, and stir some more as she continued to add a variety of aromatic plants to the tomatoes that were simmering. It had been a very long time since Thomas had cooked up an epiphany that made him feel something percolate in his stomach. He did not succeed. He yearned for the languid pace of life that he had experienced when assisting his grandmother in the preparation of meals. It has been a very long time. He believes it has been far, far too long. At this precise time, Thomas makes a solemn oath that he will go back into the kitchen. After he got back from his trip to Athens, the rest of the week seemed to drag on and on until it was eventually Friday. Thomas takes one last glance around his apartment after he has finished packing his belongings. Even though he is only going to be gone for an exceptionally long weekend, he insists that he will be gone for a very long time. While riding the train to the airport, Thomas takes in the lush scenery of the area outside of London. The arrival of spring can be positively identified by the presence of both the light and the mayflowers. He is aware that his pulse is racing with a calm anticipation of what is to come. Even though the primary purpose of the journey is for business, he will have the whole weekend to look around the city of Athens before meeting with his customer on Monday. It has been quite some time since he last embarked on a journey of this nature and a trip to the country of his mother's birth is getting his sense of excitement going. The trip from London to Athens on his aircraft is only going to take a few hours. While flying through the clouds, the passenger on the airplane has a view of the continent below, which can be seen briefly before vanishing again as the aircraft enters and exits the sky's veil. How incredibly remarkable it is that Thomas believes that. It is possible for humans to take flight. When he was a kid, he frequently fantasized about being able to soar. He had this recurring dream in which he saw himself transforming into an angel with wings and flying over vast landscapes and bodies of water. When he finally opened his eyes, he wondered if the dream had been some kind of omen or portent for his life. Thomas chuckles to himself in recognition of this particular recollection, and then he thinks. There is a possibility that this mode of flight is not exactly the same but it is undeniably very similar. When the aircraft finally touches down in the early afternoon, Thomas makes his way into the heart of the city. He is staying in a humble inn that is conveniently located within easy strolling distance of the historic structures located in the city. After checking in, he decides to explore the hotel's winding stone stairwell. His room on the third level is immaculate and features a tasteful combination of traditional and contemporary elements. It is straightforward, but it fulfills all of his requirements in any case. He inhales a long, slow inhalation, and then lets out a long, drawn-out sigh. As soon as he lets his breath out, a sense of calm and contentment washes over him. The room features a petite balcony with sheer curtains that conceal the glass entrance leading to the exterior of the building. Thomas makes his way to the terrace and exits the building through the door there. His room has a view of the historic Acropolis outside its window. Below him, the bustling metropolis of Athens can be heard, and he cannot wait to visit it. Thomas wanders aimlessly through the congested streets and alleys, the crowded markets, and the winding roadways lined with trees. Because he does not have a map, he is completely disoriented, however, 
he is traveling the uncharted road with not a care in the world. As he makes his way toward the base of the Acropolis, he takes a few flights of stairs and travels along pathways made of cobblestone until he reaches it. He then continues to let it develop as he moves forward. When Thomas looks up at this ancient stronghold, he has the strange sensation that he has been transported back in time for a moment. He often thinks about what it must have been like to have lived in Greece during its golden age. As he thinks back on some of the tales that his grandmother used to relate, he is reminded of a great number of urban legends. He can still remember how otherworldly everything seemed to him at the time, much like how being at the base of the Acropolis makes him feel now. He hands over the required payment and then makes an effort to regain his breath after being absent for a brief period of time as he entered the building. Something has shocked him, and it's almost brought him to the point where he can't hold back his emotions. As he gives into this space and the feeling that is rising up inside of him, he comes to the realization that it has been a very long time since he has permitted himself to be moved. The journey to Athens starts to reveal a new side of Thomas, one that he isn't quite able to put his finger on but which is associated with feelings of calmness and contentment. Precision and self-assurance are essential. As he moves through the ancient Greek metropolis, his inhalations and exhalations are natural to him. He devotes the entirety of the weekend to doing nothing more than simply being by indulging in regional cuisine, inhaling the history of ancient remains, and sleeping soundly for as long as his body requires. As soon as he gave himself permission, all of his concerns disappeared. To have a complete and unbroken connection with the country, which has a history that runs through his veins. It has been a very long time since he has had such a restful night of sleep. He falls asleep without much effort and wakes up feeling energized and inspired by his explorations. Even though he seems to have completely disregarded his appointment for the morning of Monday, it is still time for the meeting. He prepares his computer and then travels to the centrally located, small workplace that the new venture occupies. He has a face-to-face -face meeting with Sam, the founder of the business, and is introduced to the members of the team with whom he has been collaborating virtually over the past month. They have what seems like hours-long conversations about various technological topics, but Thomas's mind is elsewhere. Following the conclusion of the meeting, Sam extends his sincere gratitude to him for traveling all the way to Athens in order to get a first-hand look at how the business operates at the entry level. Thomas gives him a friendly smile, expresses his gratitude once more, and then turns around to return to his lodging for the final evening. On what will be his last night in the city, he is experiencing a range of feelings within himself, but he is having trouble identifying the one thing that his heart is pleading with him to do. Thomas is currently observing the ruins and the rest of the city from his apartment's terrace. The sky is unclouded and the weather is mildly warm. There is not a single cloud in the heavens. A strong glow can be seen across the surface of the earth below, projected by the moon, which is now waxing still. Thomas stares up at it, and he gets the impression that there is some kind of relationship to the moon and the stars. Thomas can still clearly remember the day, many years ago, when he went to the beach with his parents and sister. During the summer months, they made it a tradition to load up the vehicle and travel to a quaint bed and breakfast in the far southwest corner of England. During these extended summer vacations, the days passed slowly. The time was spent either strolling along the shore or exploring the towns and villages that were close by. 
Thomas remembers that even though the evenings were early, his father would sometimes make hot chocolate and fill a couple of thermoses all the way up on particularly balmy nights. The whole family would take turns naming the few constellations they were familiar with as they sat under the night sky and sipped the delicious summer delight from their travel mugs. Thomas is overcome with a wave of nostalgia for the simpler, more carefree times in his life, when he felt a stronger connection to the natural world around him and had fewer concerns. Now that he is in Athens, he looks up at the moon and feels a sense of calm and security wash over him as though he were listening to a serenade. As the moon overtook him, he had the impression that it was finally time to give his body some relief. It is now time to allow his body to rest for the remainder of the night. He goes to his bedroom and falls asleep quickly and peacefully once he's there. The next day, Thomas makes his way back to London. Over the course of the next few days, he is overcome with an intense desire for something, although he is unsure exactly what it is that he wants. He is under the distinct impression that it is connected in some way to the journey he took to Athens. He longs for the way that thrilling experience made him feel. It was as if a portion of him was rising to the surface, re-entering his conscious consciousness after having been absent for some time. He has the impression that something is trying to get his attention, but he is unsure what to make of it or what precisely it is trying to convey to him at this point. Over the next few weeks, Thomas will have a hard time concentrating on his duties. The volume of the speaker is rising. However, he is beginning to feel concerned about it. He ponders whether or not things would have been simpler for him if he had simply avoided going to Athens altogether. Even though he is aware that something new is developing inside of him and that it is causing him to question the life he is currently leading, he cannot bring himself to listen to that voice any more intently. However, it would appear that he has no other option. The mutterings are picked up more and more by the ear, until they are ultimately audible and authoritative. It encourages you to have the courage to return to your origins. It's time to get back to basics. In spite of the fact that he is not entirely certain where the road will take him, he is certain about one thing. He needs to quit his work and go back to the environment that sparked his creativity. Because he is a cautious individual who does not like to take chances, it is necessary for him to go back to the nation that brought about the change. In this context, take pathways that are safe and well-lit is a directive. However, he is well aware that he must leap. He is well aware that the time has come to take a chance. It is imperative for him to do so because his future self, whoever that may be, is dependent on it. Thomas hands in his resignation by the end of the week and spends the following two weeks wrapping up any loose ends and handing off assignments to other members of the team. He readies himself for what cannot be predicted. He recalls a saying attributed to Lord Byron, which he first came across quite some time ago. It says that there is enjoyment to be found in the uncharted forest. His sister, who had been living in the United States, miraculously found her way back to London, and while he was away, she offered to take care of his apartment so that he could visit the country where their forebears originated. Thomas, who has no idea where he is going, closes his eyes and positions his finger on a map of Greece that includes all of the islands so that he can determine the best route to take. It lands on the remote and small island of Capadus in the Aegean Sea. Capadus is very far removed from anywhere else. Even though he has no idea how long he will be gone, he goes ahead and packs his bags in preparation for his trip to an unknown country after booking flights to get there. 
He is aware that it will be a couple of months. He is prepared to start over completely, but is not entirely clear on what that entails. He locates a humble inn that can provide long-term lodging in addition to books through the internet. To begin, there will be two months. It sounds peaceful, with its location high up in the mountains, in a small community, and with plenty of gardens surrounding the property, it sounds like it would be perfect for what he is looking for. A few days later, the aircraft finally touches down in the southernmost part of the island. He phones a taxi, and the driver takes him to a small guest house in the tiny village of Menendez, which is a small town that overlooks the stretch of sea that is between Greece and Turkey. The landlords of the studio apartment that he is renting reside right next door and are quick to meet and greet new tenants. They greet him with wide arms and lead him on a tour of the grounds, which they explain will serve as his residence for the next few months. They invite him to join them for supper and extend the invitation to him. Thomas begins to unpack his belongings while gazing out the window, which provides a view of the port and the mountains that encircle it. As he leaves a small opening in the window, he takes deep breaths of the crisp mountain air. Even though he is not entirely positive what he is doing here, he is aware that he has arrived at the correct location. Thomas prepares for the afternoon's journey into the hills by stuffing a small bag with water and fruit to support him throughout the activity. As he makes his way through the mountains, he contemplates the expansiveness of this relatively small island. The ground is covered in a reddish blanket of low-lying shrubs. Blooms of yellow and magenta bring a splash of color to the wild environment. As he strolls through the landscape, the sun shines down from above, and he follows his gut inclination rather than the map in his hand. He is aware that it has been a significant amount of time since he has walked around aimlessly without a plan or purpose to direct him probably not since you were a youngster. He has a sense of independence. In spite of the fact that he is totally untethered and ready to start over, he is surprisingly calm during these first few days. He had anticipated that he would be overwhelmed with jitters, but instead he feels quite at peace. Sometimes anxious thoughts would take over his mind, and they would hound him with questions about what his plan was and what his objectives were. On the other hand, he is well aware that he does not have the responses to these inquiries at this time. That he constantly assures himself that everything is fine. After arriving back at his residence, he is immediately aware of how exhausted his body is feeling. As a result of the day's activities, he discovers Maria and George, the proprietors of the inn, and asks them in a courteous manner if it would be possible for him to join them the following evening for dinner rather than going out on his own. I tell him to get plenty of rest and that he is always invited to hang out with them whenever he wants to. Thomas goes to bed without making a sound and quickly sinks into a restful slumber. During that night, he has a premonition. Imagine that he is an astronaut floating in space far away from Earth, peering down at the planet and thinking to himself how insignificant it really is. When viewed from a great distance, the Earth appears to be a relatively modest abode. He is now aware that this planet is merely one of millions of other floating entities that exist throughout the universe. Because of the dream, he awakens with a feeling of wonder and inspiration, as well as a newly discovered appreciation for the planet he resides on and the life that travels down into his body from so far away. In the dream, he is able to see that the planet Earth is a home among other homes, and he thinks to himself, wow, what a beautiful home I ended up living in. 
The following morning, when he opens his eyes, he is struck by the vividness of the experience. Still accompanied by him and out of respect for the planet, he makes the decision to trek once more. Every move he takes brings him closer to the Earth and strengthens his connection to it. has the impression that he is regressing back to his infantile years, when he was first attempting to take his first steps. Before this moment, he had never given much consideration to the ground beneath his feet, however, he now feels a profound connection to the land that sustains him. After traveling for some distance, he finally comes upon a deserted beach, where he disrobes and buries himself in the heated sand. As he settles in, he takes pleasure in the way the sand appears to envelop him and form a cocoon around him. When one looks out at the water, they are brought back to the dream, as well as the way the world revolves around itself. As an integrated whole throughout his skeleton, he is aware that he and everything else in his environment comprise a singular organism that shares a common life and breathing cycle. As he takes a deep inhalation of the sea air, he begins to feel more at ease in his own body as well as the environment around him. In the afternoon of that day, Thomas makes his way back to the guest house, reporting that he now feels more invigorated and connected to both himself and the surrounding landscape. Eventually, he arrives at the second structure on the property, which is the residence that Maria and George call their own. They are getting ready for supper by chopping herbs, rolling small pieces of pasta, and getting ready for the father to spread on their home-baked bread. He observes the natural way in which their hands interact with the meal they are preparing and then offers to assist them. They respond that speed is not a desirable element in our kitchen, and he warns them that he will not be as quick as they are. I won't be as quick as you, he says to them. We enjoy it when things progress at a leisurely pace. Thomas is brought back to the way things were done in his grandmother's kitchen, and he instantly feels more at ease there. Maria and George spend the next few days instructing Thomas on how to prepare regional specialties using plants grown on the land, as well as how to produce the herbs themselves. Dalmadas are a dish that he learns to prepare by rolling herb-flavored rice and vine leaves. Along the way, the realization strikes him. He has completely disregarded himself in favor of the kitchen and is operating in a state of ease. As his hands become more familiar with the food, he is able to prepare it with greater ease and intuition. 
During the first week, Thomas has a night where he is reminded of the immense pleasure that eating actual food, from the sea to the stomach, brings him. Another vivid hallucination occurs to him. This time, on the other hand, we are in a meadow that is covered by a giant awning. Under the umbrella are arranged rows of wooden tables that have been decked out with lace tablecloths and newly gathered bouquets of flowers. A string of glimmering lights was strung along the perimeter of the canopy. His family and friends arrive at the table just as the sun begins to set. As the head chef, Thomas stands at the head of the table and passes down dish after dish of food that he has prepared for his friends and family. The group of people feasts beneath the midsummer night sky, laughing and whispering to one another as they enjoy the head chef's succulent creations. He gets up in the morning, fully conscious of the reason he has arrived at this location. When he recalls the voice that spoke to him not more than a few weeks ago and urged him to return to his origins, everything clicks into place for him at that moment. Not only the roots that bound him to Greece, but also the roots that are ingrained in the soil itself were parts of the man's heritage that needed to be rediscovered. He is interested in learning about the world through its cuisine. He has a desire to improve the health of both the planet and the inhabitants of it. He locates Maria that morning and joins her in the garden as a result of his commitment to preparing wholesome plant foods and living in connection to the earth. As he makes his way through the aisles of plants, he gets the urge to find out more about each one and become familiar with the way they develop. Maria's face lit up when he asked if she would be willing to teach her everything that she knows. She considers it a privilege to share the information that she has gained about the area. Thomas continues to spend the next six months in Capithus, soaking up every last piece of knowledge he can get his hands on with all of his heart and soul. He is taught how to harvest crops, how to scavenge for food, and how to prepare meals. When he gets to the end of his stay in Greece, he is confident that he is ready to apply the information he has gained there in London, where he lives more permanently. And on Thomas's very last morning in Greece, as he prepares to return home, he gets up bright and early and makes his way to the mountain path that is his personal preference. There are no indications that the world has started to awaken just yet because the sun has not yet ascended. Thomas travels on foot until he approaches his destination, which is a cave that has a view of the ocean. As he observes the sun rise over the horizon, he makes himself comfortable and settles in. While admiring the scenery from this vantage point, the old Thomas hardly recognizes the person who has taken his place. However, the new Thomas is very familiar with the previous one. This Thomas is the one from whom he descended. Thomas gives thanks to the land for his safe return as he observes the sun go from being black to becoming purple to becoming gold. He expresses his appreciation for the fact that he was able to return to Greece. However, perhaps the most significant reason why he is blessed is that he is back to being himself. He is grateful to whatever aspect of his greater self it was that encouraged him to take the risky step that he would soon discover would irrevocably alter the course of his life. He is aware that he will one day come back to this enchanted country, but his flight doesn't leave until the late afternoon of that day. But now he looks into the future, and he has the sense that he is prepared to pursue wherever it leads. Thankfully, after Thomas gets back from his trip, he is able to spend some time with his parents in the country house they own. The fact that his sister is content to continue occupying his residence buys him the time he requires to figure out the course of action he should take next. While this is going on, 
He cooks and cooks and cooks until the produce in the refrigerator is gone and it is stocked with savory plant-based dinners instead. Dalmadas, two traditional Greek delicacies that are his mother's favorites, are presented to her by her son. While he was in Kapithas, he worked tirelessly to perfect a silky, lightly salted father's spread that featured caramelized onions and was served with freshly baked bread. She is overjoyed not only by the delectable cuisine he is preparing for her, but also by the fact that he has rediscovered his sense of purpose and his inspiration. Upon arriving back in his hometown, Thomas immediately enrolls in a cooking school and soon after establishes his own catering business. He places a primary emphasis on bringing plants to plates in a manner that nourishes the souls of all people, as well as nourishing humans and the earth as one profoundly integrated organism. He begins his business on a small scale by providing culinary services for intimate gatherings for his friends, family, and their friends and family. However, very soon, his catering business, Blooms, will be touching the plates and palates of a large number of people all over his nation. He has a dream the night after his first successful event, an event that gathered people from the city to the countryside for a feast under the stars. In his dream, he is lounging on a beach on a remote Greek island. As he looks out over the water and considers how vast the ocean is, he experiences feelings of being both inspired and connected to both himself and the world around him. Into the world around him, as he sank into the sand and listened to the waves as they rolled gently into and away from the shore, it appeared as though nothing and everything happened in this dream, a sensation that has been with him ever since he first departed on his Greek adventure many months ago. Thomas will spend the remainder of his life reflecting on the days when he was younger. Thank you for taking the path less traveled. Because it brought him back to his origins on a daily basis, he is thankful for his initial visit to Athens, the detour that ultimately altered the course of his life.
Thank you.